Hi everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Ethan. And this is The Young Perspective. So today, everybody, we're talking a little bit about investing. We, or I guess I, recently just took a course um, and we both have been learning about investing over the past couple of years. And we, we learned about recently compounding and the power of compounding. And we realized investing when you're young is so important. Yep. And it can help people, I mean, especially millennials, gain financial safety and financial, like a, fin- a stable financial position at such a young age. So we felt it was important to talk about. So to start off... We want to really stress the idea that starting young versus starting while you're when you're older investing is so important. I have a little like statistic. It says if you start investing at, at age 22 and you invest for 40 years till you're 62 and try and invest at 62 and you're trying to make $1 million of, from investing over that 40 over when you're t- retire at 62 to have a million dollars you will have to put in $310 per month when you're investing at 22. At age 32, if you start 10 years later, you have to put $709 in per month. At age 42, you have to put $1,757 per month. And at age 52, you have to put in $5,551 per month if you want to reach a million dollars in the next 10 years. And so that means if you invest, start investing at 52, you'll be paying 1,790% of what you would be paying if you started 30 years ago per month. Wow, that's a, that's a huge percentage. And, and Nathan, what is the reason of that? I mean, the reason it's, it's so important to start investing young is because the power of compounding, right? Um, which is basically interest on interest. But I'll pull up a definition here um, if I can find the definition. Here we go. The definition is, this is from Wikipedia, compound interest is the addition of interest to the principal sum of a loan or deposit, or in other words, interest on interest. It is the result of reinvesting interest rather than paying it out so that the interest in the next period is then earned on the principal sum plus previously accumulated interest. So that means if you start with $10, you put $10 in the market and you're making a 10% return each year, which is pretty unrealistic. But for the point of this comparison, let's think about 10% interest every year. After one year, you would would have made $11, right? Right. If you take that $1 you made out, every year you're just going to be making one more dollar. But if you leave it in, what that means is the next year, the second year, it's not going to be making money on the $10, but it's going to be making money on $11. So in the second year, it's going to be $12.10 rather than $12. On the third year, it's going to be $13.35 or something like that instead of just $13. And if you add this over 20 or 30 years, it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. It builds up. So another like kind of idea or question that's used when kind of just trying to show the power of compound interest is this question. Josh, would you rather have a million dollars today or a penny that doubled every day for 30 days? Um, I mean, I, w- I would usually say a million dollars, but because, I mean, it's one of those examples where you know it's going to be the crazy one. So I'm <laughs> going to say a penny every day for 30 days. Well, Josh... You lucked out because if you picked a million dollars, you would have only made a million dollars. But if you picked a penny every day that doubled every day for 30 days, that ends up being 
five million dollars at the end of those 30 days and right wow. obviously it's not how compounding actually works you're not going to get every your your investment doubled every single day for 30 days that's never going to happen but it shows that it could happen on a smaller amount so maybe it didn't double but it increased by a certain percent in a year well so, yeah if, if you can increase by six seven or seven or eight percent a year you're beating the s&p 500 which is kind of the benchmark for for success and you're doing a great job um and that kind of brings us into the next thing you want to use compounding but what do you use compounding on that's that's the next question so to be stable you don't want to have one stock and if you're going to want to pick individual stocks you're going to want to pick 20 to 30 stocks the reason is is there are two kinds of risks when you're investing there is, is what's called systematic risk which is a risk over the whole market. So say the coronavirus drop in the market was a systematic risk. It affected all companies, everybody, whether it was positive or negative, it affected everybody. But there's something called idiosyncratic risk as well, which is just specifically affects a single company. So an example is what happens if the CEO of a company has a heart attack. That's an idiosyncratic risk. The stock drops the next day after it comes out in the news and you've lost a lot of money. Or, I mean, so the, that's the real risk with investing in individual stocks. So what you want to do if you're going to invest in, in single stocks, um, not just buy funds or indexes, you're going to want to buy 20 or 30 stocks because that eliminates the idiosyncratic risk of having one company and it diversifies o- over a larger, larger group of companies where it makes a loss or a drop in, in a company's stock much less detrimental to your portfolio. But the, the real sad thing is you can't, get rid of systematic risk. If you could, you'd be the richest guy in the world. You know what they call that? Splitting up your portfolio into many different companies and shares. They call it putting your eggs in many baskets. So take your money and split it up over many different stocks, many different shares. And so if one stock does bad or there's some idiosyncratic risk, then what's going to end up happening is you're okay because that's not going to happen for all your stocks. Another thing that we want to stress, especially for young kids and people, kids trying to get into the stock market, and even not just kids, but people of all ages trying to get into the stock market who don't have a background and went to school for trading or economics, focus on long-term investments. You don't want to go out and be a day trader or a swing trader, which just means like a day trade, but for a week. Those types of people, they focus on volatile spikes in the market they try and predict when is it going to go up when is it going to shoot down and they only make a small amount of money in the beginning and they're going to lose it away after a few short days or weeks and they're going to end up probably being in debt or losing a lot of money the way i like to think of it is thinking about it something called the efficient market hypothesis the efficient market hypothesis says in every single investment you make there's a 50 50 chance of that investment being successful And if you are making investments very quickly, week by week or day by day or multiple times a day in short swings of the market, that means only 50% of your investments are going to be profitable. And chances are it's going to be a lot less than that. So so that's the real risk in it. It's like gambling. You don't want to gamble so many times. If you're going to gamble, only try and do it once or twice. So do a long-term investment that you know, okay, I'm putting a good amount of money in all at once. But in that, I might lose that all at once, but it's going to make its way back. Even if there is a recession, even if there is spikes in the market, it's going to always have a positive trend. Well, over long term. Over, over a long period of time, it's going to even out and grow you 
some amount of money and grow your wealth. Yeah. So if you look at the 40 year history of the stock market, you, you'll see ups and downs, right? You'll see recessions. You'll see the, the bubble in, in 2001. You'll see 08. You'll see whatever, 80s recessions. But there's always a clear trajectory upwards. It's, it's very apparent. Um, so that's the real thing. Time helps mitigate mitigate the, vo- the, the volatility that markets experience. Markets are very volatile and prices are also very volatile. But the values of the markets as a whole move a lot slower and tend, especially in the United States, to keep increasing. Um, and, and, and that's the real benefit of time. If you're, if you're investing every day and buying and selling very quickly, you don't get this long benefit as an, of an upward trajectory over time that you also use compounding to, to add to and, and make a ton of money. Um, and as, as young people, the goal isn't to make money now, it's to make money for 40 or 50 years down the road when you are retired and needing to live off, uh, off your funds. But the, the thing is, we talked about how single stocks are, are kind of risky and how you want to diversify your portfolio. But we also want to stress that an even, but even an easier option is something called an index fund. An index fund is like you take a bunch of different companies, um, the index fund will buy those companies, and then they'll sell you kind of like a share grouping of those companies, a smaller amount. Um, so, so for example, you see the Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average is an index. The S&P 500 is an index. And I want to stress the importance of the S&P 500. It is the top 500 companies, the 500 biggest companies, and it's, rep- it's, a, big re- yeah, it's a big representation of how the market's doing. But the S&P 500 is, has a compounded annual growth rate of about 6%, so, or 6 to 7%. So over every year, if you take 40 years, it seems like it's, it's making 6%. It might lose 2%, but over time, it makes 6% a year, or 6 to 7% a year. And that's much higher than a lot of individual stocks are doing, a lot of high, much higher than a lot of hedge funds are doing. And that's the real benchmark to beat. Right. I saw a study one preparing for this episode and it was showing that they looked at a bunch of different funds, actively managed funds, heads funds, and they compared them to index funds like the S&P 500 and over the vast majority of the other funds that weren't the index funds did worse than the index funds in the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 is good because even if one company is bad, even if a couple of companies do bad, the whole economy as a whole most likely always does good. And even if it doesn't, over time, it will even out and do better. Yeah. And that's I mean, why it's smart as a kid or as a young adult to put your money into index funds and the stock market. Over a long term, it's always going to, re- I mean, it, it's always going to recover. We can pretty confidently say that. And a guy named Boggle tracked 355 different stock portfolios over 46 years. And so that's basically like Ethan was talking about portfolios. And only two of the, of the 355 beat the S&P 500 by 2% or more. Eight beat the S&P 500 by 1% to 2%. 35 were within plus or minus 1% of the S&P 500. 29 were 1% or more less than the S&P 500. And 281 went out of business. So that really shows how it is very, very hard to beat the S&P 500. I mean, it's, it's so hard. So the safest bet for a long-term goal for a young person is just put, put your money in the S&P 500, um, set up an account with a brokerage like Charles Schwab or Fidelity, and you start with a principal amount. And every month, if you have a solid income, 
put maybe $100 in every month or you want to live frugally and start putting in your money every month so it will take advantage of the power of compounding over a long-term period. Even if you don't have a steady income or part of your income that you can put into it, let's say your kid maybe who worked, did a job during the summer and made a lot of money, you know, you could take that immediate return and go buy yourself a new thing or new shoes that, and that's fine. Like you're a kid, but if you really want to be smart, invest that money, save that money. And that could grow to being way more money than you originally had. I mean, if you think about it, kids, what over, they'll make $200 on their birthday or something like that. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a good birthday. You're very lucky if you make $200. You put that in over five years, that's $1,000. You put that in the market over 10 years, and you're, you're making $10,000 with compounding interest and just putting it in the S&P. So that's really the way to go. But the question, the thing is, you don't want to put all your money in the S&P if you're a young adult. You want to keep some money out as an emergency fund just in case. Right. Yeah. So if you, you know, want to start investing, look at how much money you make. So if you have weekly income or a monthly income, a steady income, or you just have a certain amount of money you have, split it up. So take a certain percentage of that and put it away for an emergency fund. And then divide the other percentage of that between your expenses and investment. And take that investment amount of money and every week or month, whatever you get your salary, put that away into your stocks and just grow your stocks over time. You'll grow your wealth. And who knows, that can make yourself a pretty good retirement fund over 50 years. So the way to do this is to sign up for a brokerage like Fidelity or Charles Schwab or Robinhood, and they're easy and they take money out of your account every month if you put that setting on. They have low fees, most of them. That's the way to go. I, I personally recommend, recommend Fidelity. That, that, that's really the easiest way to start investing. It's quick. It's cheap. If you use it on your phone, they have apps to see how you're doing over the day, but the days really don't matter. The years matter much more. That's the easiest way to do it and the best way to do it. Maybe even Robin Hood if you're, if you're more into that. But they may, I think they make it too much like a game and too much fun. It's not fun. It's a way to make money over the long term. One thing about you know, treating it as a game or being fun, don't try and beat the stock market by predicting what like, individual stocks will do well. You're not a trained professional. You, do not, you haven't gone to school for this like everyone else has. You don't know anything about the stock market. I don't know anything about the stock market. Put your money in the S&P 500. Put your money in the Dow Jones. These are tried and true. You will see a return over long periods of time. Yeah. I mean, it's just the safest bet for the long term. Um, and, and that's our advice to you. Take it or leave it. Right, Ethan? Um, and this is kind of how we're going to end our episode. Yeah. So uh, if you want to reach out to us, if anybody wants to reach out to us, reach out to us on our website or on our, at our email, actually, which is EJ, the, standing for Ethan Josh, EJ, the young perspective at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to you pretty quickly if you want to do any collaborations or work together. Or if you want to go to our Instagram where we have our website link and other stuff, we, it's the underscore young underscore perspective. So to end it off, we want everybody to remember this was the young perspective.